one. Hello and welcome to The Bum Diary. I'm Trent. And I'm Janelle. And we're coming to you live from Argentina! <laughs> Finally. Actually, no. We're in Chile. Oh yeah, shoot. Wow, yeah, wow. We yeah. actually are in Chile. We're in Chile. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like we're in Chile that we are. Um, muffled. Yeah, we'll get to all that. Uh, first off, we are not on our recording studio up north, which is like two microphones and a little teeny box. We are on a cell phone in the middle of this really small town, in the bottom of southern Patagonia. Um, so uh, this is the audio you're going to get. Yes. So bear with us. <laughs> I know. it's not. We don't have the best audio as it is, but it's not going to get any better today than what you're already hearing. No. Absolutely so. not. If anything, instead of like progressing, we might be digressing right now. Yeah, no, it's I'm okay. Kidding. But anyways, um, yeah, we're in Chile and we're super stoked. We are in the middle of like, like Trent said, we are in the middle of the mountains in this tiny little town in southern Patagonia. Absolutely gorgeous. Some of the most beautiful yeah. country I think either of us have ever seen. Yeah, Chile is uh, Chile is as advertised for sure. Uh, but um, <clears throat> leading up to Chile, there's a lot that's happened since we've even been yeah, the last down here time, in South America. Yeah, the last time we did a podcast, we were in Key West, damn near, uh, Miami, Florida. Yes. And we were like pretty wore out. That was the last podcast. Uh, it is now 9 o'clock in the morning, Chile time. I don't know what time that is in America. Yeah, I think it's uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. Nice. 7 o'clock in the morning. So we got up. A little early this morning, not unusually early. We've been trying to get up between like the hours of yeah. eight and eight thirty, just so we can get our day started and get everything going. Um, we're trying to take it easy, move a little bit slower because we changed routes a little bit yeah. since um, since we started even this trip. So let's get right into it. The weekly recap. Weekly roundup. Okay, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I mean, if we'll, do you go first? But pretty much is the same. We'll kind of just go person by person. So I just want to throw this out there these are the towns that we've or this is what we've done so far since we've been here we flew into Buenos Aires slept woke up flew to Bariloche the next day okay and then after Bariloche we spent like two days there drove six or no nine hours south to Perito Moreno this small little town in the middle of what they call the steppe in Argentina which is just high desert and just vastness so uh, we drove hours through that, and then the next day woke up in Perito Moreno and decided to cross the Argentinian-Chilean border, um, which is insane. And then we spent a couple days in this tiny little town called Cochrane. We planned on doing some fishing there. Uh, didn't pan out like we wanted it to, so we ended up leaving a little bit early, and then now... Yeah, this whole trip has been about exploring. Yes. So... Oh, and we have... So, we woke up in Miami, and we flew to Buenos Aires. When we got to Buenos Aires, Janelle lost her Bank of America card within seconds. <laughs> are we going to talk about, are we going to relive that? Yeah. That was the worst feeling in the entire world. Like, we put all our money on our Bank of America card as an emergency card, and literally, we weren't even out of the airport, and Janelle had already dropped it in the airport. That was the most terrifying feeling, I think. I've ever had in my life. I immediately started sweating. Yeah, like I, I don't can't know if anybody's it. ever like 
gone into fight or flight mode, I feel like my body was going into fight or flight mode and my I just instantly started profusely sweating. Yeah. It was weird. I've never had I've never experienced that before. It was There's scary. no way to explain like being in a foreign airport for five minutes and having thousands of people walking in every different direction and people moving and then Janelle getting to the outside by the taxis and Janelle being like Oh my God, I don't have my Bank of America card. And then going back into the airport and realizing that every door we just walked through is a one way and you cannot get back into the airport. And not even that, but it's a whole other feeling when you realize that 99% of those people don't speak English. Yeah. So now I have to try and communicate with these people that I lost my debit card. Janelle was running all around the place and all of a sudden there was a, there was a, an announcement on the PA system, and I couldn't understand anything of the announcement, but it said Janelle Petzak. I caught Janelle Petzak. I said, holy shit, they must have her card somewhere. So, um, we found it. So, yeah, thank God for Trent, because I did not hear that. I think I was just still in oh, panic God. mode. There'd be a whole different listening. trip right now if she would have lost that debit card. <laughs> but, needless to say, worked out in our favor. We did find it. She did the same thing in New Zealand. Away. In New Zealand, she like left our bag of cash in the airport. Our bag of cash, and she had to run back um, and get it. My God, it wasn't just cash; it was like our pa- it was all of our money for the trip, our yep. passports, our camera, everything valuable that we needed. You just think <clears throat> for everything? You would think that'd be an uh, important bag for Janelle to know where it's going. It was. I was just so excited, but That's she just left how it, it goes. left it in the goddamn airport, and when we got outside the airport. She sprinted back in the airport and up to the. Oh my God. She found it sitting right where we left it. I probably hadn't run that fast since, like, yeah, basketball. Since you lost the Bank of America card. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though. So that's how the trip started. Good yep. note. Good then note. Then we took a... From there, from the airport, we took a taxi. It was one hour to the hotel that we stayed at. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was a nice hotel. It's a very nice hotel. It was holiday, carnival. We met with this guy who's a local. He says there's a holiday every day, so he don't even know what the holiday was for. <laughs> but there was a shit ton of people. There were people everywhere. Yeah, there were people everywhere down in Buenos Aires. I mean, Buenos Aires is a big Huge city town. anyways, but... Huge town. Yeah. Um, Huge city anyways, but there's... Yeah. People, like turns out, everywhere. Then we got to the hotel and we exchanged for what I'm calling super pesos. Because after being down here for so long now, for this last week, the money that we exchanged in Buenos Aires, uh, we exchanged American money into uh, a, a black market rate. The hotel doesn't, like, under, I don't think it's really legal, but the hotel exchanged our money, our American money, at, like, way more than the bank would give us of Argentina. And I have discovered that these are, like, super pesos. Right. So, it's kind of nice being down here and knowing that our U.S. dollar is... Is strong. It kind of helps with the trip and as far as other like different expenses go. Um, Not in Chile. Chile. No, 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 no. Chile no. is Chile, very expensive. Super expensive. Ch- Chile is like crazy expensive. It's it's like it's you're paying the same as you would in the U.S. for I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. In Argentina, I mean, let's put it this way: Argentina, you can get a beautiful meal, like bottle of wine, appetizer, salad. Uh, delicious steak and dessert for like $30. $30. $30. That meal in Chile would cost you 80 bucks. Um, 30 bucks. They're every single place in Argentina. They have all these little breweries. And if you go into a bar, 
Because they don't even go out to eat till like 10 p.m. So their happy hour is like 6 p.m. to like 10 p.m. And you can get 16 ounces of craft beer for $1 American. Yeah. One dollar. That's like the best part. And then you can get a p- big pizza or empanadas for like three or four bucks. And so for seven dollars, you're getting 16 ounces of craft beer and then a pizza and like empanadas, which are like these little hot pocket things for seven dollars. It's insane. That's including tip. So it's like these super pesos. It's amazing. You can go to get a cabanas. That's what we found out. We've been doing, we haven't been camping. In New Zealand, we camped every goddamn day in a tent. Because we were so broke, and we never went out to eat one time in New Zealand. We spent six weeks in New Zealand out of a tent and cooking every single day. So this time, we're kind of, like, enjoying, like, going out to eat every night and staying at what we call cabanas. Uh, Which are essentially little cabins. Little cabins. Um, with, like, a bed, everything you need. So yeah, a little kitchen. It's a like, little, little yeah. cabin. Yeah. Uh, Argentina, you can get a cabana for, like, 15 bucks. Chile, you're looking at seventy five dollars. Yeah, for like Chile, an average very expensive. or below average cabin. Um so after we got to Buenos Aires, we met up with our buddy Thomas, who we met online. You know, whenever you meet somebody online, it can turn out sketchy. This guy's trying to be a doctor. He's an amazing dude. Uh, and he gave us a lot of really valuable information. So let's put it this way. I, a doctor in this country is equal to four thousand dollars American money in the States. Per year? Per year. Per month. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, which one? Per year. Per year. Per month. Per year. Yeah. So take that. Yeah, right? Per year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yep. So take that into consideration. Crazy. So we met Thomas. He took us to a pizza place. It was fantastic. It was amazing. It was amazing. Amazing. That was probably the nicest thing about Buenos Aires is that we had someone who spoke both English yeah. and Spanish that could translate for us because we yeah. live. And the Uber's like illegal, but he like helped us figure out Uber and stuff, so it was kind of nice. Oh my god, this Uber was like. Well, I mean, it's illegal, so I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right. Um, then the next day we got up and we flew to Barloche. Mm-hmm. And actually, everything went smoothly. Yeah. Because they exchanged the pesos. I was freaking out the last couple podcasts about the pesos. Well, that's what happened. We exchanged pesos at the hotel. And we've I think we've gotten better at playing. We don't understand Spanish. You don't understand Spanish. So I think we've gotten better. But that first night, the dude behind the front desk at the hotel had no idea what the fuck I was asking. No. But elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, I told him I wanted pesos. And he said, okay, we can do pesos. So then he gave me an exchange rate. And I said, I don't like that exchange rate. And he goes, well, there's nothing I can do. So I said, okay, I need, like, like, we don't want to, like, say on the podcast, like, how much money we're carrying because people in Argentina can listen to it. But, like, let's, we're just going to make up a number. Like, let's say I was, like, I need, like, 6000 I was, like, I need 6000 And so he's, like, okay. And he, like, I saw, he told me to start pulling out my money so he could exchange. And I think he meant, he thought I wanted, like, 6,000 pesos. And he so did. Instead he of 6,000 USD. 6,000 pesos. So I started pulling out all these hundreds. And again, I'm not telling you exactly how much I exchanged, but I'm just making up a number. So I started pulling out, it was like, you know, I started pulling out like all these $100 bills. And nobody sees US 100 down here. So I just pulled out these hundreds and the kid like, no, 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 no. And I said, yeah, motherfucker. That's what I'm trying to explain to you because he can speak a little bit of English. And I said, listen, man. And so I said, cause I've done this before at this hotel. You guys like put me in a locked room and this shady dude showed up with like a duffel bag. I said, I want that process again. Well, then he went and got his boss and I got to the shady room and the shady dude showed up and, it, and he gave me a great exchange rate and I got my super pesos. 
It worked out perfectly. We exchanged it that night. The next day, we didn't have to run around looking for pesos on the yes. streets in the black market. Everything worked out perfectly. We paid an arm and a leg for this hotel, but that's what you pay for. The hotel was not that great. No. Hotel was not that great. The hotel in general, I mean, it was nice. It was in a good location. Not for the price. But for the price. For what you can get in Argentina, for the price, it was, yeah. But the convenience of being able to exchange our money right there at the hotel. Because that's the thing, that's the thing about, yeah, that's the thing about Argentina is that they have this, this, uh, black market for their exchange. And, and essentially, like Trent said, you really do need, like, crisp, bills like they don't just take 20s and ones oh, yeah. and he checked them. every he checked every one of my bills yes so it is it is kind of a kind of a sketchy process but when you're working with a hotel it makes it that much more yeah. easy and less sketchy yeah. so, so and you're guaranteed to get real money cuz that's yeah. a big thing down here too yeah for, and that's that's the other exchange. thing but uh so a couple thousand pesos or a couple hundred a couple thousand USD USD is like 300 400,000 pesos so, like, it took a long-ass time for me to count that all out at this table. Because last time I was down here, if you exchange a couple thousand, it was only, like, 100000 Well, it's, like, gone all the way up to, like, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. Yeah. And if you think that's crazy, in Chile, we're, like, at 7 million pesos. Because <laughs> Chile has, like, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 notes. <laughs> yeah, their notes are, like, 100000 I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. You could take, like, a whole college career, I think, on <laughs> South American currency. currency. Just currency in general. So, um... Um, so yeah, no, moving on. So the next day we woke up in Buenos Aires and we had to take our plane ride to Bariloche. The hotel called us a taxi driver. For the morning. What do you think about that taxi driver? He was cute. He was the oldest, slowest, son bitch he ever. He was just like taking his time. Then he asked me for a tip and I said, motherfucker, we were lucky to make it. Okay, but he also was like 80 and was helping us with our bags. He didn't help. He was 80. He couldn't even help with the bags. He's I'm not talking crap. It. I'm just talking crap like how slow he drove. I was like, we are never getting to the airport. No, I kind of liked it. Holy shit. That old man, I was like, this guy might die right here on the side <laughs> of the road. I don't know. Uh, no, he, he was, he was, a, it was like Sunday morning driving for that motherfucker. He was very friendly. Yeah. And friendly. He didn't. And got us there well on time. Because so we, we were left fine. on time. No, it was. It's weird. Trent and I have this thing where we show up places, and for some reason, we look behind us, and then all of a sudden, there's this massive yeah. line. It's like we get there, we're like one minute. It's really early. Is. It really is true. One minute early, and all of a sudden, you turn around, and there's just like a sea of people. So that kind of happened. So we were there on time, and we were yeah. good. We beat the we beat the crowds. Um. So we flew into Baraloche. Yep. How'd the car go? The car. Oh. It was perfect. Flawless. Like Trent said, he wasn't joking. Some guy was literally waiting outside of the gate when we got our luggage with a sign yeah. that said our name. Yep. And, well, not our name, but it had, you hey, know, who we cares? like knew. Who cares? There was a guy sitting there with a big old fucking truck waiting for us. Yes, it was perfect. Gave us the keys and off we went. He didn't speak any English. We gave him cash and then he saw us put all our gear into the car <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. You need to can't have no gear. You got to cover your gear. You're going to get broken into. I was like, motherfucker, that's a risk I'm willing to take. Oh, my gosh. No, seriously. He was like, everybody kept telling us, like, don't leave your gear in your car. And I'm like, well, listen, we don't have a choice. We got a raft, a boat frame, rods, reels, sleeping bags. I mean, what are we supposed to do? We cannot carry. That's why we started doing the cabanas. We started doing cabanas because cabanas are outside of towns. And they actually pull in and kind of like, like last night was the first night that we just completely trusted leaving everything in the car and it's completely fine. So we're, we're not parking on the streets. No. That first night we went 
we got a hostel in Bariloche. We just parked in the street, and it scared the shit out of me. So now we do cabanas outside of town. Yeah. And Airbnbs. To, to kind of remove ourselves, and so we're parked away from the roads, and yeah, it feels a lot safer. And we're able to take more stuff in to our cabanas, which is nice, because there's yeah. more room. Um, so no, so we got the car, the vehicle, the guy was very adamant about not leaving anything in the vehicle, yeah. <clears throat> uh, which is, you know, which is a good precaution to take down here. They told me we didn't everybody, have GPS. Everybody said it, yeah. so it must be a real thing. Everybody has said that. Every uh, single person Everyone says to. crime's getting, like, more intense. Not like, no one's gonna, like, gonna rob you at gunpoint, but, like, when they see you're not around and there's an opportunity, they're gonna take your they're shit. They're gonna take it. Um, so no, so we got, we got to Bariloche, uh, got the vehicle. And we gave the guy our money, and away we went. We now have a car. We now have a car. I beat the shit out of this car. Can I just talk about, though, these roads in Argentina? I mean, it's not every... every in, in Chile. If you do any both. research, you're going to hear about them. These roads are like... These are the main highways, folks. These are I, the main highway. We have driven like 20 hours. It's like driving New York to LA, and the road is sketch. No, let me just let me just describe this to you, okay? To like put this in perspective for people. First of all, it's not even like the conditions of the roads, it's also the drivers that you're on the roads with. Cuz there's no laws down here. There's like military checkpoints and police checkpoints, but when you're on the road, it's it's like any anyone's game. So anyone's people game. are passing on double lines. There are hills and curves and these trucks are just barreling down past like four cars at a time. No guardrails. No, no guardrails whatsoever. the size of a car. No joke. And and it's actually terrifying sometimes. So no, so Trent and I we had to meet up with uh this guy from Big Sky Anglers in West Yellowstone, Montana. And he was in San Martin de Los Andes. So it's about like an hour to no, actually probably like two to three hour drive. To get one way to get to this guy. Yeah. And, um, if you Trent's take like, the paved road. If you take the paved road. But Trent goes, oh no, I know a shortcut. So we go down this road. It's called Route 63. Route 63. Oh my God, you guys. This is like. Oh, the beginning, the first 20 kilometers of this road were like, it was like driven. It, literally, it was an old riverbed. It wasn't a road. It was an like old riverbed with boulders and shit. And you had like, and I was like, should we turn around? And then we climbed into the mountains. It was no guardrails, first gear, praying the car would make it up and over. All Boulders, dirt, dirt as shit. Holes. I, I was like, beat where are we going? That car. It was a beautiful drive Gorgeous. at the end, but like, I'm not going to lie, I was very anxiety ridden. But now, I've just driven like 10 hours on some of the sketchiest dirt roads in Chile, and now it feels normal. To drive like 60 miles an hour with like death cliffs next to you. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've been, oh man, it has been fucking wild. Yeah, I'm very impressed by your skills, your driving skills. Uh, today we hit pavement again, I hope, in a couple hours. Hopefully. Hopefully. I want to see some goddamn pavement. Yeah, who knows though? Pavement could be worse. With no, I want to get back to 100 miles problems. an hour. I want to get back. Yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> Kilometers uh, per hour. Yeah. Well, no, you drive about 120, 140 kilometers. So it's about damn near 100. Close. Close. But there's no laws. She's not kidding. There's no street signs. There's nothing. When you get to a city, it's just everything comes. There's no stop signs. There's no lights. You just kind of come, honk, beep, go around. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we went up to San Martin. We met up with a guy who's been down here like 30 years. He owns a big fly shop in West Yellowstone. That's how we met him. Uh, Talked a little shit a couple podcasts ago because we never got a chance to hang out with him this summer. Now I understand why. This motherfucker got like five kids. A wife. He lives in Argentina and West Yellowstone. His kids go back and forth. These are young kids. He's got a wonderful wife, and he's trying to run a business in West Yellowstone and in Argentina. This guy has no time. No. We were lucky to get 45 minutes of his time. No, it's And we are very gracious that Justin of Big Sky Anglers, West Yellowstone, allowed us to do that. 
Yeah. If anyone's going to come to Argentina, if you're listening to this and you got the money, like we met a couple of retirees that are down here with him right now, like you got to get a hold of Justin at Big Sky Anglers. Mm-hmm. There's Great no dude. other company you want to go with. Very knowledgeable. Uh, so awesome we, guy. We, we bought a couple maps. We got the maps up and he just kind of unloaded. It was more just talking instead of like writing anything down, just kind of absorbing the information and trying to remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was helpful because we were going to go to these different regions to fish for like a few days. That is true. And he obviously living down here half the year has exp- like explored a lot of these areas and had told us not to go to certain places that we ex- we expected to spend a lot of time in. So that that in itself saved us a lot of time and pain of not catching anything or just like hating our lives for that yeah. those few days there was because a, we had these expectations that weren't yeah. real. There was a couple big areas where it was going to take a lot of time and energy to get to and he was like pretty much he's like nah. They're like one area he's like was well, shit. He goes the fishing is just so shit because of mismanagement. Then the other place he was like you're going to battle the worst winds you've ever seen. I mean, last night I rode in some shit wind. Like the Argentinian wind. I mean, we don't have to explain it. If you ever research going to Argent Patagonia, you're going to hear about the winds. It's a real thing. It's a it's, it's a, a very, real thing. Very very real thing. Like, so you can't even stand sometimes. It's it just really is true. It's just it's intense. Like you don't. It's you wake up expecting it to not be a windy day because it's never windy in the morning. No, it's not windy all day. It's, it's the sun bakes up the mountains and the wind comes down from the mountains. So right whipping. now, I could I could go outside right now, but the problem is the places don't open for dinner till like nine nine thirty, and then it's very slow service. And then you're not getting out of dinner till ten thirty eleven. Now you got a bottle of wine, and you, by the time you get to bed at midnight, you're not going to get up at six a.m. and get out before the wind. Which is actually one of my favorite things about this culture, though. And we can talk not too much about this, but just how like slow moving they are. Very slow. I like it a lot. It kind of it kind of makes you um, kind of makes you want to be more patient in the U.S. because here they you need to be patient. <laughs> you don't have a choice. But it's different when it turns to driving. Oh, <laughs> like I oh, thought. Driving, I thought drivers no. were bad in the U.S. with road rage, but you haven't seen shit. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe like they have to wait for everything else that driving they are on like they're yeah, in control. Like they're in control. So they just wait. But it's weird. It's like friendly road rage here. Like, when someone's passing up a mountain, and there's 20 cars, and someone's passing up a mountain, and there's a semi barreling down the mountain, and you think this guy's about to get hit head-on, and everybody's going to die, everybody will break at the same time and, like, put their flashers on and allow the guy to come over. Like, they, like, accept, like, if somebody's going to be yeah trying to kill themselves. Like, they're like, okay, that guy's in a hurry. So, like, road rage is, like, happy here. Like, there's, like, the pretty much the rule of Argentina is if you don't want to get hit, you don't go first. Like, when you get into cities... Like, at roundabouts, it's pretty much like whoever doesn't care about getting beat up the most gets to go in. <laughs> this rental car does not have a uh, credit card on file because we gave them cash. And even though we gave them a lot of cash, I have pretty much said, if I total this car, who cares? You know what I mean? So, I'm having fun. I'm beating yeah. the shit out of this car. Janelle's not oh, very happy. But, no, but seriously. Yeah, we'll talk about this later. Why? <laughs> we'll talk about this off mic. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, the deposit that we've given them is kind of like... If I total this car, like... No. I, d- I disagree. I don't feel that way. But... You don't feel that way? No, because why would you ever want to do that? I'm not saying that's, do that's that. That's not our I'm, trip. I'm, ju- I'm not saying... Mm-hmm. I'm not baby in this car. I'm, I'm driving like an Argentinian. I mean, that's what it is here. The ro- you have no choice but to drive like an Argentinian here. I know. That's the thing. 
These people do not care. They don't care at all. These people do not have rules. I think I'm flying through the mountains and these dirt roads and no guardrails. I think I'm moving pretty fast. And then a car will pass me standing still. And we won't see that car again. I'm like, damn, where'd this car come from? Gone with the wind. So So speaking of, all right, so we were in Bariloche. Uh, We drove. We took a rest day. Yeah, rest day. We needed that rest day. I'm happy we took it. I didn't want to take it at the time, but like we took a rest day. Like we woke up, we didn't do anything. No, we we woke up, um, took it very very slow, yeah, and just got stuff done. Uh, we went stuff- to the river. We sat at the river for like three hours and took a nap. Stared at the water. We checked into an Airbnb really really early. Then we went fishing our first day fishing, but mm-hmm. we didn't go like anywhere. Like we were fished right in town. Yeah. Right in town. It was just a couple hours of fishing. It was just like, it wasn't like fishing, fishing. But Trent caught a beautiful rainbow. Yeah, I killed it. I got a nice rainbow. You did. You caught a beautiful rainbow. So it it made it worth it. Uh, And that's that's what we were looking for, just to catch, you know, a beautiful fish. So after our rest day, we drove down to Pitcher Marino. Perito Marino. Which is a town, not the glacier. Right. A town in Santa Cruz. Which a lot of people get that mixed up. How was the drive from Bariloche down to Pitcher Marino? Uh, it was, it's hard to explain. It was long. 10 hours, 10 to 12 hours. But I feel like anytime you're traveling somewhere new, it's kind of exciting. But after a while, it got kind of like repetitive, I would say. Because you're in the desert. It's just desert. It just drags desert. on. I mean, you can read about this all over the internet. There is, it's featureless. It's brown. It's the desert. It's the steppe. There's no rain. It's just a desert for 12 hours. Very small towns you go through that are just... You can't believe people live there. No. Like, all the houses are government-issued. They all look the same. And then there's, like, all of these random estancias, which are which are ranches, and in the middle of nowhere. You can't... And I don't understand how they are surviving out here. I don't know. I, I don't understand. They have to grow their own food. So, we got to the the town. Pichu Marino is a nice town. It's cute. Uh, it's a nice little town. There's nothing wrong with that town. Yeah. Um, it was a good stopping point. It was a good midway point for our next adventure, which... Trent and I weren't sure what we were going to do yeah. at this point. We were kind of up in the air about our next move. There's a really famous glacier in southern Patagonia called... Perito uh, Moreno. Perito Moreno. It's in a town called El Calafate. But from Bariloche to Perito Moreno, the town was a long-ass drive. And from Perito Moreno to El Calafate was another long-ass drive. And everybody down here has warned us that the road turns to shit. Everybody. Everybody. The car rental companies, the guy Justin. that we got a cabana from... <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Justin. Everybody, everybody warned us. Has warned us that that route of forty down to El Calafate. If you don't go over to the ocean and drive around like thirty hours, it's very rough going. Like, and if you pop a tire or something down there, you're by yourself. Many car company places won't even let. And I think my car company got a GPS on me, so a lot of places don't even want you on that road. No. Um. Because it's because it's okay. So there are unpaved roads, and then there are just like unpaved, unmaintained roads, and this is one of those unpaved, yeah. unmaintained roads. Yeah, just... Too risky. It, it just... And then there's a there was a coronavirus scare from Italy. Um, oh, yeah, we need to talk about that. So, essentially what happened was this lady was hospitalized because she was very sick and she had all the symptoms of coronavirus. And so, everything was unconfirmed at this point. And if we went down there, we'd be with hundreds of other tourists. Apparently, there's like 12 planes a day, Trent said, from Italy. Yeah, and they that all go to Petro Marino. That fly into Calafate. They come into Argentina. There's three places in Argentina. There's Zuzu Falls, which is up in the Amazon. It's like the world's biggest waterfall. Iguazu Falls. There's Mendoza, 
which is the wine country. Mm-hmm. And then there's Al Calafate and Barloche. So well, these people fly in and they go to these four places. They fly to the falls. They fly to Mendoza. They fly to Barloche. They fly to El Calafate. We are in the middle of goddamn nowhere. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of places that are like, we've never seen an American down here in a while. Probably. Like, especially where we fished at last night, this lady had never, I don't think she's ever seen a boat. We popped, we like put, pumped up our boat and we launched our boat for the first time on the lake, which we'll get to later. And I'm pretty sure they've never seen a white person from America bring a boat down there and jump on that lake. No, probably <laughs> like, not. Like, it was, I, she saw the cell phone and got like scared. I don't yeah. think she understood what the cell phone was because we were trying to translate with her. No, she, yeah, wanted no part in it. Um, we were up in the mountains last night. Yeah, no, we were we were up there again. Off all these roads are dirt. I'm just gonna throw that. So, out anyways, there. what we're trying to say is, we decided not to do the glacier. No, we did not make it down to El Calafate, which is which is actually okay because um, there's a lot of reasons why, but mainly the reason was it would have been at least five days of hard, hard driving, a lot of pesos. El Calafate and El Chaton are as expensive as Chile. We would have used up all our super pesos, which get us so much value up north. It would have just been... And if something would have went wrong with the car, I mean, we're talking now five, ten days maybe. It just... The risk didn't re... I mean, it was so hard. We struggled. We argued. It was very... It was not an easy decision to skip it. But um, instead, we decided to go into Chile a little bit early. We always plan to come here... uh, but we're seeing Patagonian or Chile, yeah, Patagonian Chile, and it's it, it'll blow your mind. It's indescribable. Chile is the most gorgeous. Pl- I mean, it's it's probably more gorgeous than New Zealand. Every it's, yeah, it's every fifty good. kilometers, there's another mountain range of glaciers and 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 mountains that are more beautiful than the Tetons. I mean, it's just it's like Teton Range glaciers, Teton Range glacier, Teton Range glacier, Teton Range glacier. It's just repetitive. But repetitive. gorgeous. It's just it repetitive. It's just, God, it's unbelievably gorgeous. Green. It's got, like, people just walking their horses downtowns. It's just, Chile's yeah. gorgeous. Yes. Expensive. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. We saw the Rio Baker. This is one of the biggest volumes of water in the world. As far as river goes. We were going to raft it, but it's scary as shit, man. No. I don't think we're, I don't think we're prepared to be this remote raft in a river like that. No. Uh, we would need more time down here. For sure. Um, so, yeah, we saw the Rio Baker, which was on our drive to where, Trent? Where did you take us? I took us to Cochrane. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm happy we went there. <laughs> I'll talk about it later in my highs, actually. Like, I'm happy we went to Cochrane, Chile, but in hindsight, that was a far drive. That was a far To go to remote. Cochrane, Chile. Like, so remote. Scary drive. So remote. So we went to Cochrane. This town, not moving quick, man. No, but it's bigger than I expected. It's bigger than I expected, but Cochrane. Cochrane. You Look it up it. on the map. Look yeah. it up. Just see where it's located on the map, Cochrane. and then I'll tell you. And there's nothing in between, like... Nothing. Nothing in between. I think it was Puerto... Yeah. Or, I don't know. Puerto in Argentina, we were doing 100 kilometers and about, like... 45 minutes, because we're driving damn near 80, 90 miles an hour. So we were doing like 100 kilometers in, in about... So I was getting to the point where I saw a sign that would say 100 kilometers, right? Oh, that's only going to take me 45 minutes in Argentina. Well, in Chile, 100 kilometers, it takes two to three hours. Oh, easily. Easily. So when I saw the sign, like, oh, Cochrane, 100 kilometers. Okay. 
Be nice. there in 45 minutes. Three <laughs> hours later. And over so nasty mountain passes. Like, nasty mountain passes. Like, right. we saw cars that were flipped over and burned up, and they just leave them there. They just leave them. Like, there was more than vehicles. one. More than one car. More than one semi. Just the cars burned up or flipped over, and they just leave it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That is weird. Scary. It's kind of eerie. Makes you slow down. For sure. Um, um, so, yeah, went to Cochrane. That was Cochrane. Stayed one night there. And then we're like, okay, we got to move on. Just because it was so expensive. It was expensive. It was. Very expensive. Like, Chile's already expensive, but deep Patagonia is Because when you show up as an American, they, they, they know. They know. Like, mm-hmm. you got your own car. Oh, the border crossing. Border crossing. Argentina to Chile border crossing. It went a lot smoother than... I personally expect went smoother. I don't know how I don't know how it is getting back into the country. I've heard hit or miss things about getting crossing into the border. Argentina. Um, even Chile, though, I've heard can be difficult. But for the I record, think- we crossed a very small border crossing. Yes, we did. We crossed a border crossing where they were like, "Whoa, Americans!" <laughs> like we crossed Puerto Marino town of Santa Cruz into Chile, Chico, Chile. No, yeah. Los Anguilos. Whatever. And now we understand why, because we're going to talk about that road. I'll talk about that road later. But um, I don't think many Americans cross that cross yeah, that road. Yeah, I don't know. So they kind of, like, just let us through because we couldn't. No, no, Espanol. I think they just kind of let us through. Like, even when the guy was searching the car, I was like, no, Espanol, dude. There's nothing in there. Just go through with the car how you want. And I think he was just kind of like, go. <laughs> go. I don't want to deal with you. Um so we'll see how it is getting back into Argentina. I like finding these smaller border crossings. Yeah, that was nice. Because they just let us right in. And there wasn't a lot of people. There there wasn't a big crowd there either, yeah. so that was convenient. Um, What else? That's it. We came up to Puerto Rico Tranquila last night. This is a... This is... If I've ever seen a, a, a tourist town, it's this town. <laughs> There's a lot of backpackers, hikers... Um, hippies. I mean, I'm not kidding. A lot of hippies. There's only a like 100 buildings, but probably 2,000 people with backpacks. And I'm pretty sure after watching the town for a day, I think the bus comes down from north, the north and it drops off hundreds of hundreds of kids wanting to backpack Argentina. And then there's a bus that comes up from the south. And I think this is a town where they just drop you off. And the way that the buses work is they drop you off and the next bus might come in a day, two days, three days. So I think they just kind of like get dropped off here. And there's a lot of like overpriced hamburger places. Just like it's just very cheap, man. Except for one really nice restaurant last night, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Expensive. But lamb, potatoes, wine. It was fantastic. Yeah, that meal was One great. of the best meals I've had. So... Yes. It's a small town. I'll explain this town. Super small town. I mean, it's it's a stopping point. If you're here seeing Patagonian Argentina, or sorry, excuse me, Chile, um, this is one of the spots. Yeah. And there's a lot of excursions, a lot of boats that take you out to look at the glaciers and whatnot. Uh, there's some really cool marble caves that are really popular down here that people like to see. Um, so you can imagine the beauty and just, it's surrounded by mountains and water and yeah. rivers and... It's a cute little town, a little, I would almost say it's a little rundown for, like, actually being a tourist town. We'll talk more about this town when we're not in this town, because I don't know who's listening right now. Yeah, that's very true. Okay. So we'll talk more about that next Moving on. We Um, did our first day of fishing yesterday. No, we we fished in Bariloche. I don't count that. That was, like, just a rest day. We went hard yesterday. We fished a river and a lake, and we blew up the raft, and when we got to Puerto Rico Tranquila, I did not think we were going to do all that today. No. I did not think we were going to do all that. We drove up and saw some amazing glaciers down the long dirt fucking road. We got up there. There was this little river called the Rio Norte. 
No, very, very small. I want to call water. it a river. I wouldn't even call it a stream. The thing no, was a trickle. No, it was bigger than that. The deepest hole was probably five feet. That is okay. That's no exaggeration. Uh, it, was, it was small water. And you, so you had to walk and then find Janelle. I mean, every cast you caught a fish. Loaded with little little teeny fish. They were little. 10 to 12 inches was a giant fish for the river. We played around. We drove back. We passed this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous lake. There was really no way to get to the lake, but this lady had a camping sign, so we drove down. It was like 6, 6.30. The sun sets at 8.30. The sun just beats down on you down here. Um, I said, Janelle, should we start trying to get the boat together? She was kind of casting in the lake. The next thing I knew, I had the boat put together. <laughs> and... We launched it. Yeah, we launched we it. We actually... Okay, so prior to that, we were just kind of messing around. There was a couple of fish. There was a couple little... I mean, little rainbows, but I caught a couple of fish and then yeah. had a couple of rises when we were actually on the raft. This lake was, was like... Yeah. This lake was like 200 feet deep and you could see the bottom. It was beautiful. It was weird. I don't know how you fish a lake like that. Like, it was so deep and so gorgeous and so beautiful. I just don't know how you fish. It was like three inches of water and then 50 feet of water. There yeah. was like... It was just weird. Um, we're going to talk more about the raft later. Outcast Gear has hooked us up with the raft. We're going to do some videos about it. Pretty much what I want to say is it did fly from America to Argentina. Oh. It shipped, it flied. Everything that we were stressing out about, it got down here. Everything that we shipped with, we put it together last night. And how long did it take to break down? Uh, honestly, it probably took like 10 minutes to break down, if that. It was super easy. We kind of have just shoved it into the car. I'm not sure how it's going to hold up, just being shoved in the car, but that's something that we're trying to test because we don't have a trailer. We don't have time to break this down. I mean, we're dealing with the Patagonia wind, the Patagonia weather. I mean, this is an excursion with this raft. So, so far, it's in, it's slammed in the back of the car. I hope it's not broken. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked perfectly last night. I battled some wind last night on this lake. Like... It, I, when we first launched this raft, I was if we would have got blown to the other side of the lake, I don't know how we would have gotten back. A very remote lake and a very big lake. And we, it would have taken us like a day to get across that lake if the wind would have caught us. So I stayed as close to shore as I could, but the boat handled very well. Very well. For how windy it was. I mean, it, how, it was windy. It was windy. 30, 40 mile per hour gusts. And I was rowing into the wind and the boat was actually tracking low enough to get me through the wind. We did it. I don't know how it's going to work on a big river yet down here. I'm talking big, the the Lamai. I think the hardest Lamai part. Lamai is the big river. So when we get back to Bariloche, we're going to, the, the, the Lamai will tell us a lot yeah. when we get on that river. For sure. For sure. Um, all right, let's move on. Highs. Highs of the week. You go first. My high. Okay, so obviously aside from like seeing the most beautiful scenery I've seen in a very long time, um, my high was probably arriving in Cochrane. Safely. Yeah. <laughs> Actually getting to the town. <laughs> it's funny. My highs of the week is the road from Chili Chico, Chili to Cock Rain. It's the same highs, you know. We don't we don't look at each other's papers when we do this, but I have the I same high. I actually didn't even write down that high. I just thought of it because I was like, that was a high. My high was driving. It Look, if you ever watch those Baja racers in the desert in cars in the dirt, that's what it was like driving from Chili Chico to Cock Rain. It was the steepest dirt mountain passes, going down the mountain in second gear. I mean, you have to know how to drive a stick and control a stick through the mountains, or you would not have survived this trip. It was, I mean, how? I mean, you explain it, you know. It was, it was terrifying, fun. Yeah. 
Like it was the funnest I've ever had driving. I mean, I was getting around corners, turning the bitch sideways, flying as fast as I could. Every single time you came around a corner, it was like mountain range, mountain range, glaciers, mountain range, glaciers, mountain range. It was so gorgeous. We followed a giant lake. It was the bluest lake I've ever seen. Aquamarine. Oh, it was fun. That was the funnest. That was the funnest drive I've ever done in my life. Like I felt like I was driving. Like I'm not kidding. You got to understand how to drive a manual car, but I was like. In one and two climbing hills, two and three going downhills, bombing into fifth gear on the long straightaways. It was amazing. Yeah. And then I got from Chile Chico to the to the main road in Chile, and I said, holy shit, we still got 100 kilometers to go to Cochrane. And I decided we should go for Cochrane. I'm happy we did, but my God. Yeah, that was a lot. My God. a long drive. What's your lows? Or bonus, my low. Um... So it's not really, like, a low. I guess I kind of wrote down, like, the hardest part of the trip so far uh, is communicating. It's not a, I don't think it's necessarily even a low because it's, like, a very humbling, been really good at it. very humbling experience. But it's been, like, the most mentally, been really good at it. mentally challenging, I guess you could say. I've just it's, given up. Janelle just does it all. Well, I mean, you you have to try. I guess, I guess when you're in a foreign country where they don't speak your first language um, or at all. Like yeah, a lot of nobody most, understands. most people that we have come across do not speak nobody any English. So it's a matter of communicating with those people and that's been the hardest part so far is like getting our message across to where it makes sense to them. So obviously it's nice I don't know how people did it back then when they didn't have like Google Translate because that thing has been our yeah. savior so far. Y- you know, even if I'm not saying things correctly, they understand. Uh, I'm trying. Like to, even like, like to, even, even to last speak night Spanish a little bit. Yeah, even last night with the farmer that we were trying to park on her land and launch the boat. I don't, she did, couldn't understand anything, but we ended up just like we just Google translated park and fish. Mm-hmm. And she, that was it. Like, we tried to communicate more that, we, hey, how much to pay? Can we launch a boat? Can we fish here? Are there fish here? And then at the very end, it was just like, park a pescar. Park, park and fish. Park, park fish. A, and she, yeah, I don't understand what she said back, but she smiled and waved. So I feel like she said yes. So we just drove through. Right. But when she saw us launch that boat, they had to be like, what the fuck are these gringos <laughs> doing? Because we were probably the first people to have a little raft on that lake. Right. So, we had to be the first people to have a raft on that lake. Right. Had to be. My God. <laughs> the way, yeah. But, hey, it worked out perfectly. Right. All um, right. What's your low? It's already been a week. Why is it your low? You can't look at it like that. Bullshit. It's going quick now. Yeah, it is kind of going quick, but. One week already. First podcast. But we've done a lot in this week. Oh, yeah. We've but done a lot. We're going to start yeah, fishing more now and everything like, and start slowing down. The right. sightseeing's over. Uh, <laughs> lesson of the week. Lesson of the week. Um, I wrote down, don't settle for the first place you come across, uh, because I feel like that's kind of bit Trent and I the ass the past couple times now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak too loudly. Um, but the last, but for just example, right now, yeah, until next week, but, um, for example, the last place we stayed when we were in Cochrane, they advertised that they had, you know, Wi-Fi and this beautiful spot and sauna and it was this beautiful cabana on this hill. And we, you know, we paid a good amount for it. Because, 70 bucks. Because we thought it had all of these amenities and um, it didn't have, turns out it didn't have any of the amenities that it yeah, advertised. Uh, they didn't have Wi-Fi, which is, you know, it's not the end of the world, but when you're traveling and when you're looking to book your next hotel room for the following night, which I guess we could do. Yeah. Prior, but anyways. But we found um, out that sometimes just driving in and getting a cabana is real cheap. Uh, but we're talking shit about the one last night for seventy bucks. I'm gonna whisper. 
But uh, at least it had towels and toilet paper. Toilet paper. Yeah. We're paying the same um, price for this one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And that's just like an under... Yeah, that doesn't even begin to describe what this place really is. But we'll get there like, but, next uh, week. Well, yeah, next week. My lesson um, of the week. Lesson of the week. We all gonna die. Why, why would you say that? Between the coronavirus and these dirt roads, you just gotta relax and let it go. Yeah. We can't fight it anymore. I'm gonna buy a giant bag of rice. I'm yeah. gonna buy a giant... Two... Yep, so... Uh, two giant bags of rice to two, get by. Two giant bags of rice in case anything happens. I'm kind of on the fence, man. If there's a big coronavirus outbreak and it affects the whole world and I have to come up to the mountains for a year here with just rice and fish for my rice, like fish, and then just... I think I'll survive. I think you'll be all right. So, good luck, America. Oh, my God, stop. I'm going to stay in Patagonia for a couple of years. Terrible. I was kidding. We shouldn't make fun of it. No, it is very serious. It is very serious, and it's getting more serious. So if you guys haven't kept up on the news, I highly recommend you go check or go. Yep. Go check out the news. Yes. I'm not trying to make fun of it. Um, GSEL. Uh, GSEL. I didn't do nothing. I wrote make it to Koyak, which is our next destination. Going to be another day of fucking. Start fishing and actually start settling down and slowing down and taking you know two three days to stay in one place. Enjoying it a little bit, getting to see their different, you know. So here's what's next, okay? Here's what's next. From now on, me and Janelle have been like, move, 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 because today's weather is 75, tomorrow's 75, the next day 75. Friday morning, a cold front is coming through down here. The high will be about 49.50 with rain and snow mix. I mean, it's going to go quickly. It's going to go south real quick. We I got, like, the last good I could never there. imagine driving this road. Like, looking back at it, it was a very hard decision to not go down to the glaciers of Argentina. But now, after driving these roads in Chile, I could not imagine driving these roads in the rain for two reasons. First, I couldn't imagine the, I couldn't imagine the road types, like, being wet. And the clouds would have been so... So heavy that we wouldn't have been able to see any of the mountains or anything. Right. So we really came at the perfect time. Um, like Trent said, if we would have taken five days and gone like further, further south, Chile almost wouldn't have been possible just because of the road conditions. I don't think so. I don't think. I think once the weather comes in, it, I just don't think it's possible. No. Um, so I think we got like, I think it was like a really great decision not to go to see the glaciers in Argentina. But it was a struggle. It was hard. It, it was hard. It was a hard decision, but... But now looking at back at it, we would not have been able to see all these mountains and glaciers with clouds. I was going to say, we still, but we still have seen, like, unreal glaciers. Oh, shit. Every day we're seeing glaciers. that you just would never... Yeah. It's you just can't been, describe. Yep. So there's a place in, up in Chile, a little bit north, that we can spend... It's, a, it's money. It's a lot of money. But I think if we get up there, we can actually go see some glaciers and everything. I think it'll be worth it. Absolutely. Um... But from now on, we are going to start slowing way down. We're going to start spending, like, uh, getting, like, weekly rentals and then staying in an area for a week is what I think we're going to start doing. Right. That way we can actually, like, yeah. use that as a base point. And if we yeah. want to travel other places, we can without having the load. Yeah, because after right. talking to this guy, the owner of Big Sky Anglers down here, it seems like uh, it's, he kind of narrowed down, like, four or five areas. That he was like, I would concentrate here for four or five days, here for four or five days, here for four or five days, here for four or five days. So and use yeah. So, so and we go. Uh, yep. So that's what we're gonna kind of do. Right. So all right, we're gonna get going. We gotta get making moves. We got a big day ahead of us. So so 
stay tuned for next week's episode of The Bum Diary. I'm sure we will have a lot more stories for you. Hopefully a lot more fishing. Well, definitely more fishing. Yeah, way more fishing. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Adios.